You're listening to the DC Arts Beat podcast for Friday, March 5th, 2021. From the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities, I'm Jeffrey Scott. Now, this past Monday, March 1st, marked the first day of meteorological spring, which means we're just a few weeks away from the annual return of DC's beloved cherry blossoms. And where there are cherry blossoms, there is another beloved D.C. tradition, the National Cherry Blossom Festival, which celebrates the coming of spring and the friendship between the United States and Japan. Now, this year's festival will be different, of course, because of the pandemic. So I caught up with Lillian Iverson, vice president of the National Cherry Blossom Festival, to learn more about what we can expect. So going back a year from now, a year previously, rather, you know, we were coming up on the the one year anniversary mark of when the pandemic really hit us here in DC. Uh, March 11th was when the mayor declared a public uh, health emergency. March mm-hmm. 16th was when mass gatherings were prohibited. And that was right about the time when cherry blossom festival would have happened. And you guys had to make a pretty quick uh, pivot uh, as I recall. We still have whiplash, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were, that was it. Talk about um, be remaining flexible and adaptable um, and also the power of great partnerships with so many folks, uh, both within the city government and our partners in presenting programs, um, all, you know, being so supportive of each other to say, well, look, look, you know, in this, in this new environment, we're suddenly finding ourselves in, how can we still um, kind of have a, uh, some sort of recognition of, of this time of year and what it means to people. So it was, uh, it was quite the turn in 10 days, as you said, um, we went from having our press conference in early March, announcing all the exciting events, all of the uh, performers who at that point in time were still traveling from either abroad or from other parts of the country. Um, and, and really the tone of, of the, you know, the great annual celebration that the national cherry blossom festival is to 10 days later, um, making the commitment to still present uh, springtime offerings as a digital format, mostly driven through the festival website um, and and creating content as best we could um, with with ourselves and with our partners, certainly showing the bounds of our, you know, the endless bounds, I should say, of creativity as folks were. Those were the early days of people really discovering what their phone cameras were capable of doing. <laughs> Uh, in capturing content and putting pieces together. Um, but we were, we were able to still have um, uh, about 25 days of, of content and conversation and ways to still connect folks to this celebration. And last year, did you see a, a fair bit of activity of, of traffic coming to the website of folks checking out the, the content that you were able to, to churn out there at the last minute? Yes, definitely. Um, cause, you know, because that was where 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 they could go to find out what was possibly even going on with the access to to see what was going on at the Tidal Basin. Um, our our friends with the Trust for the National Mall and their partnership with EarthCam to be able to have the bl- the Bloom Cam up and running um, was integral to being able to provide a, a literally a lens to the Tidal Basin as to what the trees were looking like because. Also, at that point in time, access to the tidal basin was um, prohibited as well. Um, so folks were definitely coming to the website um, to, to, to gain access to um, seeing the tidal basin and the trees in bloom, uh, to seeing the content that we were providing or, or, um, and procuring through our performers, our programmatic partners, 
Um, even, you know, even with our sponsors, they were getting creative. And so we were, we were seeing a good, a good steady amount of traffic on the website. And so, because I know that you basically spend your whole year planning for the festival, um, was it always going from last year up until now, uh, assumed that you were going to have to present another sort of online virtual digital festival? Um, and has that been the focus of the planning uh, throughout the year? Um, well, at the end of last year's festival, and as we started our planning cycle for the 2021, um, it was definitely keeping a way wider lens of, of possibility and feasibility in regards to where could we have been, you know, if we could look into a crystal ball, where did we think we could be um, a year later? Uh, So as we were planning for all of our programs and even the events, we were keeping an eye eye or a mind towards, um, okay, what if we, once, particularly once the DC government kind of did there, here's how the phases of reopening are going to go and here's what the parameters mean we aligned our programming possibilities to fit within those structures. So we kind of looked at our usual series of events and programs and said, if we are in stages one, two, stages three or four, so we were looking at three scenarios, um, we listed out for ourselves, okay, here's what we know can still happen. Here are the things that can't. Uh, and then for the things that we knew couldn't happen, particularly if we were still in a phase one, two or three, then we asked ourselves, well, what could happen? How can the programs or events that we offer be reimagined and restructured within the bounds of, of staying safe and healthy, but still allow us to maintain the tradition or the sense and experience that these festivals and programs provide? So that's when we then kept like that was a lot of the questions that we asked ourselves um always kind of still saying does it provide the experience we want our attendees or participants to have and does it still fit within our mission of presenting amazing programming that celebrates the season the gift of the trees our cultural connections to japan um so we kind of plotted out um very much a if this then that for you know 10 different scenarios you know if you I always joked that if you could have seen my office at that point in time, it looked a little bit like, you know, the person trying to trace the murder and connecting all the dots with the red (laughs) string everywhere, because it really was kind of started, you know, getting on such a molecular level. If this happens, then this is how this event and program might shape out, so on and so forth. And so then, of course, as we got closer and closer, um, we also opened ourselves up to asking ourselves, well, what could be new? What were some things that we've always wanted to do? And maybe this is the year to do it. Um, so say, you know, one of the things that we're most excited about is our Art and Bloom giant cherry blossom sculptures that we are um, working with. Uh, currently, they're all being painted at the um, soon to open Arena Social Arts Club down in um, in Barracks Row. But we have local artists painting the giant cherry blossoms that were spreading throughout all eight wards of the district and also into Northern Virginia and Maryland. Um, And, um, you know, so we were, so, you know, that kind of came of, well, one way that people can safely celebrate the season is trying to give them some plain air art experiences or things that they can do on their own time, on their own leisure, um, incentivize, you know, put a little bit of gamification into it. How do you, you know, try and challenge people to go on a blossom hunt and find these sculptures? 
Um, but it doesn't necessarily then, you know, you remove the concerns of, okay, well, what about, um, you know, that, what about gathering? We can't have people gather. Um, so being able to do that. Um, and then also with, um, so say for instance, we have the tradition of the parade, which is always, um, our, our show that, or our element that we put as then a televised show airing locally and nationally. Um, and it makes for great content to kind of say that there's this great celebration in DC for springtime. And we said, well, we still want that. What could we do? And so now we're even able to open ourselves up with that show to say, well, let's let's actually show more of D.C. in springtime and some of these other programs that we do, such as the City in Bloom, where businesses and um, others decorate in pink or lighting and or use the decals that we produce to to kind of create that canvassing of the city and the district. Um, So we can now within this show be more. Um, turn our eye and our camera lens to capturing those moments and then producing this show to really highlight this great city um, and during this vibrant season. So it was, uh, uh, you know, really kind of a combination of uh, looking at what we traditionally do, how those traditions can be represented, and then seeing what else we wanted to possibly explore adding to our offering. It's really impressive because, you know, Many festivals, both here in D.C. and across the country, across the world, uh, opted to cancel uh, both last year and and some have already canceled uh, their offerings for this year. Um, and you know, and some of them flat canceled, not even tried to you know pivot to adjust to a different format, a different delivery. Uh, so it's really it's impressive that that y'all you know stuck with it last year, you know, and it was a last minute you know kind of thing rush to to put something out there but then you know continue you know it sounds like there was never a question of there would not be a national cherry blossom festival ever that you were going to do it one way or the other right the the question just became how and how it would you know how it could present for sure and so this year's festival uh i know y'all just had the uh, press conference uh announcement earlier this week uh will be from march 20th to april 11th i believe um and your opening ceremony, um, you're going to be uh, doing with Lincoln Theater, um, and the commission is is underwriting that, and we're happy to do so. So could you tell us a little bit about what we'll see from the opening ceremony and just some of the basic things that we might see throughout the festival in this virtual format? Certainly. So with the opening ceremony, it is the kickoff to the, to the whole festival. It'll air on or live stream on March 20th. Uh, via the festival website. And that is our moment during the festival where we really take a look at the cultural roots of the festival and and hone in on the fact that the trees were a gift from uh, Tokyo, Japan, uh, 109 years ago. So we work in partnership with the uh, Japan Foundation to make sure that we feature great talent from, from Japan as well as Japanese talent based here in the U.S., um, so we, uh, and in, in working in the virtual challenge and the challenges that we have right now with travel restrictions and whatnot, um, the artists that we're working with this year have also taken their creativity to still be able to showcase, uh, their, their craft. Um, so viewers for the opening ceremony this year will get an inside look at some, um, Japanese stage performances that are based on popular manga. 
which usually the only way you could see that is to go to Japan. But we are, you know, we're able to kind of give a a little bit of a teaser look to those stage performances um, and no one has to travel the um, 6,000 miles to, to get to Tokyo. That sounds um, awesome. That really does right? sound. I've seen the videos of those, of those performances from Japan and they're just ridiculously, incredibly, you know, fantastic. And so that's. Yeah. And you, and what's so fun about them is that you don't have to understand Japanese to understand that there's just like such color and, and storytelling going on. Um, because, you know, with, with these shows, they really, you know, they kind of delve deep into the, there's lo- the Japanese longstanding stage traditions of no and whatnot to show that movement is really important. So while you may not necessarily speak and understand the language, you get the passion that's coming through. Um, well, also, and then um, a performer, um, another tap dancer who actually um, used to be based in New York, has since gone back to Japan. He's putting together a piece for us. Um, the Taiko drumming group Taiko Project, who's actually based out of Los Angeles. Um, they are, you know, they are, they are working creatively within, um, what they are able to do as Taiko drummers. Um, but the limitations that they have in being able to perform together at this point in time in Los Angeles to present, um, to all new performances that'll be pre that'll be shown during the opening ceremony as well. Um, so it's been, um, definitely, it'll be, what we want to try and still convey, and this is why we're also doing portions of the show from the Lincoln Theater, is that the opening ceremony is a theatrical production. It is um, where the where great cultural performances are on to, that take center stage, literally and figuratively. And so by being able to still have um, other appearances from speakers and from co-hosts and um such as uh, Michelle Marsh uh, from from the Lincoln, it allows us to still have that um that sentiment of, of the opening ceremony. Um, and then of course, we're also going to be joined by our co-host for the show is Christy Yamaguchi, the Olympic, um, medal winning Aya figure skater. So she's also going to be joining us remotely from, uh, from Los Angeles, but she'll be also lending her voice and, and her support to the event as well. So folks will be able to, um, you know, again, like I said, have a, a unique glimpse to some of these Japanese talent as, as they are able to present their craft in these unique ways, um, as well as um, learn a little bit more about the festival and, and help us kick, kick, kick off the next four weeks. And so how do folks uh, log on to to see that live stream of the, the yeah, festival? Yeah, we are. We are asking that people um, register to be able to access the link only because of just um, with the anime um, stage productions. Uh, there's some licenses that we have to kind of work within. And so we have to make sure that people are registering in order to then get the link to view. Um, but they can register on our website at nationalcherryblossomfestival.org forward slash opening ceremony. Um, but they can find the event page um, um, right there and then they can click to, to register to get the link. And that, that will be on uh, March 20th? Yep, the opening ceremony live stream on uh, March Saturday, March twentieth, beginning at six p.m. That's great. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds so. Now, do you think you know? Say you know next year's uh, Cherry Blossom Festival and down the road, assuming that we've uh, you know life has gotten back to normal and, and the restrictions have gone away and everything. Do you think that future festivals will still incorporate some of this? virtual uh component um because it sounds really fantastic to bring in artists from across the country or across the world and if they don't have to actually travel to be a part of the event 
that's going to be the path forward is definitely figuring or keeping in the mix um, that the opportunities that are presented by um, easing the restrictions on a requirement to travel. So we'll, we'll, it'll be, it'll be take on even more of a literal type of a hybrid uh, type of presentation. Um, and certainly with technology and depending on how we can um, continue to grow our programs, um, be able to have audiences that are in the theater watching. Um, we've always been able to present the, the opening ceremony um, uh, as folks would be able to, to view it through our live stream through Facebook. But, um, but uh, you know, there's definitely de a different feel to being in the theater and watching it. But I think as more people continue to be more comfortable with watching these performances from, the, from their screen or the comfort of home, it'll allow us to reach even more. Um, and then from a performance perspective, as you said, you know, we can continue to have performers on literally on the stage and then and and then, you know, use the old school ter term of we can beam them in from somewhere else. <laughs> we'll be able to have them be a part of the overall production. So taking on that that blend uh, will will be in the mix in the future. Wonderful. Well, I know that I'm sure you're super busy uh, getting ready for, for the opening of the festival. So uh, thank you for taking the time to, to speak with us. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing it this year. Uh, my pleasure. And certainly the opening ceremony isn't the only event. There's lots of programs going on. Um, so check out the website, nationalcherryblossomfestival.org and step into spring with us this year. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the DC Arts Beat podcast from the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities, the official arts agency for the District of Columbia. Visit us online to learn more about our programs at dcarts.dc.gov.